Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Welcome to uh, Discover Church. If it is your first time, you are welcome. And uh, our goal here is really to encounter God. Um, and you walked in at kind of a strange night. And uh, I would encourage you, if you go, that was weird, come back next week, it'll probably get weirder, okay? Um, it's like when God does something, you don't go more shallow, you just keep going deeper, you know? hope uh, by the end of tonight we have a deeper sense of our worth and our value and not because of anything that you've done but because of everything that's been done for you and I'll tell you uh, I go into weekends like this last weekend where I said I don't I just you know I would like to get in a weird way we say wrecked I would like to get like I would like for God to mess up my life and and shake me up a little bit, you know? And then he just like near kills you in a weekend like this last weekend where um, I, I firmly believe I've encountered the Lord more than I've encountered the Lord before. And I have this deep prayer for our church now that our church would, would drink from the depths of who God is. That his spirit would be so evident to you tonight um, that tonight something would shift in you and in all of us. You make up the church. So if we all resist what the Spirit's doing, then we resist the move of God. And as a church, we just, we say no. But if we all engage in what the Spirit's doing and we say, I, I want to encounter God. If God is real, I just can't, I just can't afford to play church anymore. I just can't afford to do this. I have better things to do. But if he's real, he will really speak to me and he'll really deliver me. He'll really do these things. I, I believe he will, by the way, which is why we have given our lives to this, and I think that's why you're here. So it's not a, we don't play pretend, and tonight we're just like fighting against playing pretend. We're saying we, we're going to look at the scriptures, and we're going to say, God, do what you would do. So um, this we're in Advent, which is the church historically does the four weeks leading up to Christmas is called Advent. This is when we wait and we long for Jesus. Okay? Thanks, Walter. Uh, we wait and we long for Jesus. So I just want to say this to you. I don't care where you are in your belief with Jesus. I, I'm not naive. Some of you who say you're a Christian you're going, but when it, when it comes to the information, making it from your head to your heart, it's just not connecting. You're just not connecting, and you're waiting for Jesus. Well, you are in a good season. Historically, the church celebrates this dilemma that you're in, and we call it Advent, okay? And what we need during Advent season is not more information. I don't think you need more information. Uh, we will learn, but I don't think it's an information problem. I think we just need an encounter. I think, honestly, if Jesus came to earth and rose from the dead and were to celebrate his birth every year, we need to encounter his birth in our life. 
when you do that. So I remember um, hearing this before, and, I, and I'm just going to steal it because I think that is awesome, but I don't, rem- I don't know who to give credit to. So anyways, that's my attempt at being honest, but this is not for me. I remember hearing um, that it's okay to say good morning to other believers, even when it's not the morning time, because good morning means an awakening. It means it's a new day for you. And so I say in that spirit of Advent, as you wait for Jesus, good morning. Even though we have evening church, that it, something would awaken in you. It's a new day for you. And I, I would say that over us as a church. So we're going to go through chapters of Isaiah, of prophets and people who are waiting deeply on God. Like, like, like in persecution waiting. Like needing a deliverer and having a really, really bad king at times and they had to get delivered and they're waiting and waiting and waiting and God kept speaking these prophecies and these promises that he is coming. He is coming. So we're going to start with Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. I'll explain who that is in a second. Just don't, don't name your son Ahaz. <laughs> Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. Do I have the same? Uh, yeah, I have the same translation. Good. Let it be high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. Now, listen. When a prophet is saying, ask a sign of the Lord, Ask for a sign from the Lord. Some of you are going, but we don't test God. That's a, it's a different thing. L- listen, uh, there is something really powerful here um, about why he said no. So he said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David. Is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Oh, gosh. One translation said, is it like, do you like making men impatient? You're making God impatient now. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I literally only have two slides for you, okay? This is one because I think it's important you read the Bible. And the next one I'm going to show you because... Um, I uploaded it to the computer like an hour and a half before church because I feel like we need to talk about this. This is a glacier. Can you put a, that picture up? This, um, I don't know if you've ever seen how massive a glacier is. Ma- glaciers are incredibly huge. You see like 10% on the top of the water. Now, I, I know where you think this is going. Like, yeah, then we're going to talk about the 90% no one sees. We're going to go deep. I don't want to talk about that right now. You need to address that. You need to address the Balmary Glacier, but um, we're not going to talk about that. And um, hundreds of years ago, sailors used to think that glaciers were condemned, that they, there was like witchcraft. They were some type of witchcraft, some type of a mockery of the heavens because the current would be going one way. It would deceive sailors if they watched a glacier because a glacier has enough mass to go in a whole different direction. So it's actually the undercurrent that would carry a glacier. But you can't always predict what the undercurrent is. You can't do that. 
So they used to call it witchcraft, you know, what they used to do in the old days when they didn't understand something. They'd either say, praise God, or they'd say, you know, like it's from the devil. So they, they didn't know how to, but really it's the undercurrent. The verse before what we just read says this, a prophecy to Ahaz again. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all, is the verse before. And then it says, again, the Lord spoke, and that's what we talked about. And, and I, I think there is such power in recognizing there is a current that we are, that is pushing us right now. There's a current. I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about what the season of Christmas does with all the presents and all stuff. I'm actually saying for you personally, for you, there is a current that actually you have the ability, you have the undercurrent to not go the same direction. That's called faith. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. You will actually drift some way or another, and I am saying I believe that you and this church at large can drift towards the Father because the undercurrent that is girding everything is faith. This is exactly what Ahaz actually didn't have. Ahaz was um, king of Judah at the time, and I think it's in Second, uh, second Kings when Ahaz, it's it said, it, you can read Second Kings where it tells you what he did, but the reason he says... I'm not going to ask the Lord. You know, it sounds almost spiritual. I'm not going to ask the Lord for a sign because, um, because I don't want to put the Lord to the test. It sounds spiritual, but what happened is he already made a deal with um, Assyria. He already made a deal with his enemy because he was in, like, they're in trouble. There's persecution that's coming upon them. And so he makes a deal with the enemy, and he knows if I ask God, um, I would prefer to go the current of what I can see. Like, I'd prefer to go security. If I ask God, then he might actually give me a sign. And so he chooses uh, not to, and he spiritualizes it. And he says, no, I'm not going to put the Lord your God to the test. But the problem is, he already made an alliance with someone he wasn't supposed to make an alliance with, because with his eyes, he could see the power of their army against him, and his people, but the undercurrent is supposed to lead him into victory with God, but you can't see that. You can't see the undercurrent. And so the prophet says, will you not ask God for a sign? Will you not do this? And he goes, no, of course I won't do this, because if I do, you know, we just read it, all this stuff. If I do, I'll put the Lord your God to the test. And, and, but he's doing this not to be spiritual. He's doing this to try to wiggle his way out, because what we see, we typically align ourselves with, and we don't even wait on God. We don't really trust God. We don't trust that He will provide the victory that we're actually asking Him for. And what we do is we grasp and grasp and grasp and grasp, and the whole time, now here's, hear me clearly, the problem with a miracle is you have to need it to get it, okay? So the whole time, when we're like, we rely on God and we feel, we like feel this moving of faith when we're in settings like this. Maybe you don't, but you will. And we feel this moving of faith and we go, I know I need to rely on the Lord. I need to rely on the Spirit. I, need, I, I feel God telling me something about my work. I feel God telling me something about my friend. I feel God telling me something about me. I feel God telling me I need to change. Like I, I feel the current leading me and then we grab a hold of something we can see 
And in the meantime, we're reflected in this scripture because we go, I, I, I'm scared to ask God what he thinks about this issue. Um, I do want to talk to you about God's response in a second, but um, we can just pause. We are all scared to ask God what he thinks about certain issues in our life. I don't know about you, but talking to God about things I'm holding on to is terrifying of me. It's terrifying to me. So I, I don't, I can't, if I'm in this posture, I actually cannot grab a hold of anything else. Uh, I mean, my hands are gripping something, and to pry, for him to pry open our hands is like really hard for me. You know, um, I, I probably have these illustrations because of my kids, but you know The Lion King, the movie The Lion King that's coming out? I don't know if you knew this or not, but The Lion King, the movie's coming out. Uh, the new one next summer, I think it has, uh, I think in the first two days, they said it superseded any movie trailer ever in history. So don't worry, I'm not going to show it because... Um, this is what we're talking about right now. So there's a movie trailer for The Lion King, the real-life Lion King, and James Earl Jones is actually going to be in it. His voice will be in it, so don't worry. It'll be awesome. And in this trailer, though, um, it makes you think about the original movie. You know, in the original movie, Scar, the uncle, the one who kills Mufasa, and he's the villain. And we all watch the movie, and we go, he's the villain, Scar's the villain. You know who the real villain is of the Lion King? Is Akuna Matata. Now listen. Because you have this, you have Simba who's like destined, his, his dad, by the way, his dad says, everything I have is yours. Everything the light touches, it, I can't go James Earl Jones, right? But everything the light touches is your kingdom, is our kingdom. You have his dad saying, everything is yours. And then you have, when trouble and tribulation hit, what does he do? He goes and he sings Akuna Matata and he hangs out with like a bunch of farting pigs, right? This is what Simba does. It is the, it is the easiest way to just drift to what you see, just to cover up the pain, you don't deal with it, but the whole time there's this undercurrent that's in his life saying, no, you have to go back. You have to go back, right? It takes like 30 songs to get them there, right? But you, you have to go. Simba, you have to go back, right? You have to. But it's so easy when you go, I see war, and I see everything falling apart. Well, akuna matata, you know, like, let's just numb the pain somehow with the screen and with whatever it is that you numb the pain. Let's just numb the pain, akuna matata, I think the whole time, the father's going, ask me. A ask me for a sign of how to do this. Ask me for a sign. Don't put your allegiance to what you see. Will you ask me for a sign? He's a good dad. Which, by the way, in the movie, he, like, appears in the clouds. It's not going to happen for you, probably. But, it, but what I'm saying is, he's a really good dad. And there's this undercurrent that's driving us you and I, and if you look at the scripture and you go, well, that's, that was actual war, and we're not in actual war. Here's what I tell you. Ephesians 6 tells us this. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in the spiritual realms. So this is good news and bad news. Here's, here's like 
kind of both. Uh, your problem is not your boss. Your boss is not your problem. Your spouse is not your problem. Your, the people around you that are causing your problem are not your problem. This is a spiritual thing we're talking about. The wars we fight are spiritual fights. I mean, if you need to be convinced of that, I would say uh, just read anywhere in the Bible. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. But what we do when we're in a war is we go, I'm going to attach myself to flesh and blood, to something I can see. And the undercurrent of the Father is saying, no, 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 you have access to spiritual riches. You have access to some amazing things in this process, son and daughter. You have access to this. And that's the next verse. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. It's like um, in the middle of all wars, we can say, God with us. God is with me. Because of Jesus, it's, it's like he didn't alleviate the symptoms of your pain. He went straight for the issue. You need to be connected with the Father. You need to be connected with his spirit. And so Jesus comes to make this possible, to say, God with us. It's, it's like he exposes what the undercurrent is, and he says, by faith, you can look at Jesus. By faith, you can look at Jesus, and you can know God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. There is a battle going on for you and in you right now. There is a war that's, like, waging inside of you. And if you don't think so, just ask the person close to you, do I ever seem bipolar? Do I ever, does it ever feel like one day I'm good and then one day I'm bad? And they're, they're, I mean, if they're a good friend, they will just say yes, okay? And because there is actually a battle waging inside of you, there is a war, your emotions that try to drive you, we talked about this last week, Jay talked about this, but your emotions that try to drive you, there's other things that try to drive you. And if you're not careful and you attach yourself to what you can see for security and for safety, right? You go, this makes me feel safe in the moment. This makes me feel safe. It makes me feel safe. What you're doing is you're going akuna matata. Everything's fine, and everything's not fine. Everything's not fine. But what you can do is you can recognize if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. You have, it is like so important to see with eyes of faith that we could go, God, I am asking you to show up. I need a sign to know how to fight this battle. I need a sign. I am refusing actually to um, attach myself to what I can see and allegiances that, I, that you have not condoned. You have not allowed me to do that. I, I refuse to do that. And his response to the refusal, by the way, is his son. His response, now it doesn't mean, I mean, it actually got really bad. We'll talk about that l next week. It got pretty bad for Israel, but um, his response is, um, because you won't ask me for a sign, I will, I, will, I will come to you and show you a sign, is essentially what happened. You won't ask me, I will come, and I will embody, I will walk among you, 
and I will be with you. And I will walk your pain with you that you should know uh, that I am never, I will never leave you or forsake you. So in our cowardice, in our inability to press into the Father, when we go, I don't, I, I just don't want you to take it away from me, or I don't know if you're going to show up, right? Like, I'm scared if I ask you to speak that you're not going to speak. I'm scared that if I ask you to show up, you're not going to show up. And our inability to do this, what we'll do is we'll actually put our security in something else, okay? So just know, you're, it's not like you can be like, I'm going to wait on the Lord, and I'm not going to put my trust in anything else. You will put your trust in something else, and you'll do exactly what Ahaz did, and it'll be something you can see and something you trust, something that you think will satisfy and something that you think will numb the pain. And in our inability to say, oh, um, I will wait on the Father. He'll tell me what to do. He doesn't give us stones and snakes when we ask for something. He'll tell me what to do. When we don't do that, he, he told Ahaz, I'll just come walk among you. I'll just come, I'll come be with you. I'll come be with you. I'll deliver the nation of Israel. I'll deliver all people. I'll be God with you. But what, so what I want to do is, um, I want to remind us that God's with us. I could not explain to you, if this is true, if God is with me, God is spirit, it would mean he's closer than my skin. Think about this for a second, okay? If God is with you, you are this, if the Spirit of God, what the Bible says, because Jesus came and died from the grave and the Spirit, the veil torn open and the Spirit of God was unleashed to all mankind. If you believe in Jesus and the Spirit of God resides in you, God is with you, God with you, if the Spirit of God resides in you, what that says is you are this single like you are the single most powerful conduit of the Spirit of God. You are, th if, if the power of God is going to go through something, it will be through his people. The Spirit of God doesn't reside in a temple. The Spirit of God resides in people. So when Jesus comes and says, I must go, I must go. But it's going to be greater when I go. He knows that his spirit will be unleashed on all mankind, like fiercely unleashed, okay? And this, and this, just think about, it's when we say God with us, yes, that's the coming of Jesus, but the reason Jesus came and died was to wash away our sins, all this that we know, and, and so that the spirit of God could dwell in mankind, and he is with us still. And so when we, um, when we come to a season where we wait, we have to know something. We need to know, I have God's Spirit in me. And that means it's closer, closer than my skin. That means it's closer than my closest friend. If you've never meditated on that, we're gonna, we're gonna do that. We're gonna take a moment to actually think about God with us so that the war that you're in right now whether it's up here, or it's in here, or it's around here. The war that you're in, you go, it's not against flesh and blood, so I can't fight it with flesh and blood. Therefore, I can't trust flesh and blood to fight it for me. There's nothing that, akuna matata is not a good phrase. 
right now. I can't trust it. What I can do is I can trust the Spirit of God will fight it. I can trust this. We won't be like Ahaz. We'll be like Joseph when Joseph was told um, that Jesus is on his way. Joseph had a whole different response, okay, which we'll talk about next week. Here's what we're going to do. Lisa, can you come up? We're gonna, I'm going to lead you guys in a type of prayer to help us realize the Spirit of God is with us. And I really appreciate you just being sensitive tonight to what God would want to do. So you're not going to be surprised at what I'm about to say. C.S. Lewis, in his book, uh, Screwtape Letters, uh, the, the, the demons actually, it's a, it's a book written about demons who are trying to take down a specific human. Okay, it, fiction for sure, but maybe not for sure. I mean, it's like really powerful. One of the things that they are entertained by in this book is they're very much entertained by the fact that uh, humans don't think that their posture has anything to do with their walk with God. It's really interesting. Um, in everything we do, posture matters. Posture matters. When you're in a job interview, right? Like, are you going to get a job interview by going like this? Like, what's up? Here's my application. No, no, you're going to sit up, and you're going to have the posture of professionality, right? Posture matters. When I got married to Lisa, I couldn't do whatever I wanted with my hands. It was really important that I held her hands. It was really important. Posture matters, right? Posture always matters in our life. So the demons are really entertained by the thought. Humans don't think that what they do with their hands or how they sit or whatever, whenever, like, they're trying to encounter God, they just don't think it matters. Now, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to go, I don't want to go legalistic on you. I'm not saying you have to do anything, like, you have to raise your hands, you have to do this. What I am saying is this. I think it's important, at least every now and then, that we, when we say we're going to go into a time of prayer, that we change our posture. It might be that you do this. You might go, I'm, I'm going to receive from the Lord. By the way, psychologically, this triggers your brain to start thinking about different things other than chili or other than work tomorrow. It triggers your brain. I'm, I'm serious. Or you might do this. I'm going to receive from the Lord like this. So this is why in Scripture so many times, the idea of bowing on your knee or raising your hand, you know, in Second Chronicles, uh... Chapter 20, they're in a battle, and they're like, I think it's the prophet who goes, I don't know what to do, like to the masses, goes, I don't know what to do, I don't know what we're supposed to do, and then one person goes, hey, um, I have an idea, why don't we praise, why don't we do that? So the word that is used in there for them walking to the battle is them raising their hands, this is the word used. And they say, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures. That's their, that's their song. So if I was walking to what would be my death, I would sing a very different song, but this is what they're singing. But it actually, the word there is they raise their hands. Posture, it matters if we want to like switch our brain from going, I want to think about this to I want to think about, I want to think about receiving from the Lord. So can we do that? Can you just take a moment I'm not being legalistic. You can sit there and you can do whatever you want. You can close your eyes. Can you just 
we're going we're gonna to take a moment to receive from the Lord. Will you just change your posture in some way? Okay? Maybe it's open hands. Maybe it's closing your eyes. Maybe it's being on your knees. We're just going to take a moment. Just change your posture. Okay? Okay. Close your eyes. Remember, the Spirit of God with us is closer than our skin, okay? So I want you to use your imagination. It's a gift from God. This is how our church fathers used to pray with their imaginations. We're gonna do that. Can you imagine the, what you're going through right now, what you're waiting on Jesus for? You're waiting for his arrival, okay? What is it that you're waiting on his arrival for? It might be you're waiting on his arrival for a spouse. You want him to provide someone for you to have a lifelong relationship with. When you put yourself in that space, think about that. Think about what it would be like to just be there about to be married, okay? Maybe for you, you're waiting on God to bring deliverance to you. There's stuff in your life you do that you're just so stuck in bondage for. Would you imagine yourself for a second in those chains, okay? Maybe for you, you are waiting, you're waiting for the Lord to provide an answer, okay? So you can just pretend and imagine that you're sitting by a phone to ring. Whatever it is, maybe it's a healing on your body. Imagine, just you're waiting there in a waiting room now. Whatever it is, put yourself in that space. And uh, even, by the way, even if you're serving on a team, I want you to do this. Don't worry about um, um, offering or anything right now. Just put yourself in that space, in a posture of receiving. And then... I want you to imagine Jesus comes in to that space. He walks towards you and he grabs your hand and he says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't trust the others. I'm with you. Just stay in that space for a second. this moment the one with you is God he's so powerful he's so good and even if you want to apologize for trusting all the other things 
He does what he does in the prodigal son story and he kisses you. This is what it says. On the son's way back, the father hucks it down the road and just lavishes kisses on the son. He's with you. He's with you. You can trust him. You can trust him. He has arrived and he'll continue to arrive. If you can bring yourself out of that space, out of that prayer for a second, I want to explain to you what we did was nowhere near what it means for God to be with you. You hear me? Not even close. Not even close. Your imagine, your imagination cannot do justice to what God is doing in your life. Stand firm in your faith. The undercurrent is stronger than the current. Okay? Cannot do justice to that. He is with you. And he lavishes his love on you. His response to you when you've trusted other things is, well, my son is on his way. My son is on his way. Worship team is going to sing. You do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. There's offering buckets in the back. You can take communion. You can pray with one another. You can sing. You do whatever you want to do. But do not step out of the space that God is with you. Your faith should rise up and you can start to use your imagination to dwell on God. And I believe, actually, um, what our church fathers believed. When we do things like this, we're engaging in the heavenly realms. We're engaging in the heavenly realms. So, Lord, um, for the next few minutes, we will do what you lead us to do. And we are so grateful you're with us.